You know what that sound means. Welcome back to Just a Tip-Off, the NBA podcast that is currently sending offers to the Memphis Grizzlies. Got some eligibility here, gentlemen, and I notice uh, your entire roster is hurt. So, uh... A couple of warm bodies that can help, uh, help you out. Yeah, it's a throwaway year at this point. At this point, it really is. I don't know. They're, do you think they'd make a bid to try to outpace the uh, Pistons? Well, that's physically... I, I don't think they could try <laughs> to beat the Pistons. But Pistons are trying to win. The Memphis Grizzlies could try to lose, and I still think the Pistons would have less wins at the end of the season. They're just they're, they're just going to outclass them. I mean, they, they've been there before. The Pistons aren't going to take no for an answer, or yes for an answer. They just always... It's, it's This is their territory, so... Don't come into their house and expect to show him, show them what to do. But uh, now we're, we come back to you for a, a bit of an update since we last spoke. The uh, Lakers have gone on since to win the uh, insert in-season tournament in pretty, I don't know, spectacular fact. It was a good, I, I thought it was a pretty good game. I mean, LeBron was like, I got to start adding things to the closet. It's, if we're not going to add another ranks, one, we got to put, put add another something. one. You know, and <laughs> we're uh, going for certificates now. Yeah, and Adam Adam Silver came out and said that it was a success, and it was definitely here to stay. I would agree. I think I think it was cool. The only thing I would change is the damn floors. Oh uh, well, they, that I thought those to, were obnoxious. Um, they'll change some of the color schemes, like the yeah. reds. Yeah, but, but I, you know, I think overall, I, you know, financially, fiscally for the uh, for the NBA, I'm not sure how much more revenue that they gained off of the end season tournament and whatever. But I think from a, a viewing standpoint, I think it was a, a success. What do you think? I I, uh, I actively tuned in on Fridays and Tuesdays to to try and catch end season tournament games, and uh, I didn't realize it until I think closer to the like third, third or fourth round. And I was like, oh shoot, I'm I'm looking forward to Tuesdays right now because I get to see some some extra some extra basketball. It felt like it was a little extra. Um like the competition on the floor was fiercer. People were going harder on defense. Uh the they weren't doing the foul game at the end or because the, they wanted to score. The jerseys were a little different. It felt different. It was good break up to the year yeah it's kind of like um in college basketball you know most teams play two three games and then they go and they play these little tournaments like the maui invitational or the bahamas um beach or the charleston classic and they all play these and you kind of every year you look at the lineup of who's going to be all this tournament and you've got you know big time matchups between top you know blue blood programs at you know these they're like mini ncaa no obviously not that big but you know little mini tournaments where you kind of get to see how each team stacks up against each other. And it's, you see matchups where, well, in the NBA, it's different because every team plays everybody in college basketball. Not every team obviously can play each other. There's way too many teams, (laughs) but you get those matchups that you otherwise wouldn't, unless you were in an NCAA format or, or the, or the teams decided to do a home and home. Um, so you get like Duke and Gonzaga and you get Kansas and Kentucky and you get all these other big time, blue blood top 25 matchups which does well for college basketball so i think not that that was the inspiration for this but you know it, it, to me it had the same kind of feel it's like something kind of more towards the beginning of the season where team where you see teams you know try a little you know play some high level competition and and try a little more not that you know the nba okay well the nba obviously doesn't try as hard you know college basketball is different there's only 
30-ish games in the college basketball season. And, you know, every single, you know, there's no quad four loss in the NBA. Okay, you lose, you lose the Pistons. So the, the, the net rankings in college basketball break each Division One team into four quads. Quad one, two, three, and four based on your resume, the the teams that you've beaten home versus away, margin uh, that you've beaten them by, things like that. So a bad team is a quad four team. So you don't want to take a quad four loss. So I got to take where both Dayton alone. Dayton just played St. Louis at home. St. Louis having a bad year for their basketball program historically, but always plays Dayton close. So we're, we just got ranked. We're a quad one team. St. Louis is a quad four. Yeah. So taking a quad four loss at home is not good for, for your NCAA tournament <laughs> resume. Yeah. Versus in the NBA, if you lose the Pistons at home, no one gives a shit because you're playing the Pacers on Tuesday. Well, nowadays, <laughs> nowadays, nowadays <laughs> these days, it might, you might be a headline on ESPN. Uh, yeah. Like one of the only teams. But yeah, no, I, I think I think it, I think as a whole, I think the NBA um, in season tournament was was a success. I think time wise for it, I think it works well to do it in the first half of the season. Obviously, you know you can't get too close to the All Star break, but it was late enough to where you know teams had you know ten fifteen games under their belt before they go into this tournament. So I, overall, I think it was. Success and obviously Adam Silver said we'll see it back again. So it'll be as interesting to see what, if any, modifications they make for next year. Yeah, yeah, it was a. I think last thing I'd say on it is it gave a platform to some of the uh, younger teams to really hey, showcase <laughs> their uh, their legs, their experience, their hunger, and again, just play some really hard nosed playoff atmosphere basketball. So. Definitely here for it for, for it to come back again next year. Uh, now, something that I didn't realize, but I guess we probably should have. We've, are you familiar with a, a Super Bowl hangover? Yeah. Well, yeah. There was something yeah. similar that happened to the uh, the winners of the IST uh, in-season tournament. The winners of <laughs> the Lakers had quite the slippery slope after uh, winning that. I think they went 2-10. and 10 in the next 12 games since the in-season in tournament. Now, they've since turned it around with a few wins, um, but quite the, the slide. Do you have any, any thoughts on why that might have been? You know, I, it, it'll, you know, it'll be interesting to see five years from now if the same thing applies. Because we do see that it's, it's hard to repeat in any major sport, and you do get these hangovers of teams who just went to the – the playoffs, the Super Bowl, the NBA Finals, MLB, the World Series, and the Stanley Cup Finals, whatever to have, especially if you win, to have that hangover, it's equally as hard to get there if you lose. Um, now, granted, the Pacers have been able to um, kind of keep up, I would say kind of keep up what they've got going, um, minus the Tyrese Halliburton injury, and we'll get to that a little later. Um, I, I don't know, it, it kind of, it just seems typical Lakers at this point. Like, I don't know how to describe it. They had the same record at uh, 19 and 21 at the same point from last year at this time, which was also 19 and 21. So it was, again, that 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 slide after the their big, their big victory. Honestly, I don't put too much water into it, but LeBron James, his body language and his uh, comments to the media are 
definitely concerning. A little insinuous of uh, wanting a change, wanting some 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 movement at the trade but before the trade deadline. So not un, unheard of that this has happened before. But this, what do you think? Do you think the Lakers are in a spot that they need to make moves? Do you think they need to just more time, uh, it, one more it, piece it, away? What, what it's it's there, weird what because I I feel like whenever you look at a LeBron team, that's not living up to expectations everyone is automatically thinking like pieces got to be moved change you know I didn't feel like we saw that as much with Miami and Cleveland it's really been all the time with these Lakers rosters it's constant there was quite a bit of change in uh, Miami uh, after the first year because they realized quickly they needed to shed some stuff and even in the second year, uh, when they brought but in, but it, it didn't seem like a, Allen, a, a like, day-to-day thing where, like, all anyone in the NBA can talk about is how the Lakers need to do something. It felt like, at least at times in Miami, Cleveland, he again, I don't say LeBron, but the team had a point of stability where you knew what the roster was, you knew they were sticking with it, and there wasn't that many questions about it. Versus, I feel like his entire tenure with the Lakers, it's been. What do the Lakers need to do to better surround LeBron? And and part of it has been Anthony Davis being more consistent. That's been something his entire career, let's be honest, and we know he's an injury-prone player at this point. Um, I I don't know what's working. Plus, I don't know what, what theoretically they can do, you know, or what do they have that's attractive to other teams besides more picks? I mean, eventually the Lakers you can't give away every pick. I, mean, I guess you can, but like... They're almost there. They have one left. They have one 20, 29 uh, first-round pick. Yeah, so, so it's like, what what moves can they even make? You know, who, who's an expiring veteran on a bad team that they want to get off, that that team wants to get off of that contract? You're looking at those kind of players because the Lakers can't offer much for... A, a more prime piece for the for the team. So, like, I'm trying to think of a, a good example here that would would make sense. But you know, I've seen things about the Bulls and Zach Levine and things like that because the Bulls are not living up to expectations once again with that roster. They are not. That's true. Um, I think he uh, he's been in trade talks quite a bit. Um, any landing spots? I know the Lakers are up there, but nobody's been willing to move. I think any kind of pieces that would would, would fit his price tag. Uh, and honestly, yeah. it's it's kind of tough to figure out where he would go that would be impactful, and he would want to go to. Um, I don't know if he'd want to go back to Minnesota, and I don't think Minnesota would want him back. Uh, although it would be nice to have a secondary wing guy, but they're they're doing pretty fine without him. Um, However, just adding that extra oomph, that extra scoring burst, even though he's been to the playoffs, so I can't really quite say he's going to have that experience. He is a more veteran player, so. Um, mm-hmm. But just going through the league, I'm, I'm not getting a whole strong vibe of where he could go. So he may just be on the Bulls for a little while. Yeah, and I, I mean, uh, based on how, you know, Chicago's going to want a pretty penny for him, because that's the way. Thing trades are going down uh, these days. Is you're you know you're sending two three first rounders for any theoretically marquee quote unquote all star player. Um, you know we we saw the rat the Raptors have been pretty pretty active um, here in the trade game. They I guess the first one they traded OG Ananobi to 
the New York Knicks and got back R.J. Barrett. There were other pieces. I in that. quickly. Yeah, IQ. Um, <laughs> a piece of you know, everyone mentioning. Yeah. But, so, you know, that's interesting. Um, the Toronto, and then the Toronto Raptors also just traded Pascal Siakam to the Pacers um, for a couple of role players Ooh. and three first-round picks. So we can start with, I guess we can start with the, the Knicks here. Again, OG Ananobi, um, definitely more of a defensive presence than R.J. Barrett is. Mm-hmm. I think offensively-wise, I don't think R.J. Barrett has lived up to the hype offensively of what he was meant to be at, or what people thought he might be out of college, versus I think OG Ananobi has exceeded what people thought he would do out of college in terms of offensively. He's always been that good defender, so kind of the New York Knicks, yeah, you lose quickly, that's kind of your backup point guard, but clearly they they think they're okay at that position, but then you upgrade defensively at the wing position, and you probably, at least in their minds, aren't losing a whole lot offensively, especially when you have Brunson having the year he's having, and, you know, you have Randall doing what Randall does. He just is kind of safe on offense. It, it's so weird that he's still on that team. I have to imagine it's because I don't think he has a high trade value, so they might as well just ride it out. But the Knicks, I think, got worse, and the Raptors, I think, got better. Uh, they did. The Knicks did get, like, I think more evened out in terms of their scoring across the board, but I think they lowered their floor. Um but OG is a, a great defender, like you said. So it, uh, uh, it's going to be interesting. It'll, they're probably, uh, I don't know. Even though I think the, the Raptors did work or did better, the, the Knicks got a good one in OG. I got to give him that. I really I did not expect him to, uh, to be as good on offense or to make the strides. He was having a pretty uh, rough start to the year, but he's bounced back. Um, so yeah, it should be interesting. Uh, Emmanuel quickly and RJ have already settled into Toronto since mm-hmm. uh, arriving. Had a couple of wins with them, so breathing some life into that organization, which was good after their I think five year almost drought since their, their title. Um, yeah, I mean, there's like no one left there. And Masai getting a, a load of picks to go with his young team. That's pretty impressive. I, I think he just traded away. The last remaining member of the uh, 2019 team was Pascal. So, uh, yeah, that's there. It is. And he goes to Indiana, which kind of sucks for for Obi Toppin getting pushed back to the bench. Well, like, yeah, it, it, they kind of have a. It, it, it's interesting on the Pacers. They kind of have a uh, a lot of power forwards now. So they had Jalen Smith. He was the like the tenth overall pick for the Suns. Um, a while back, and so they started start they they topping them and starting most of the year up until lately. Um, past couple games, um, Smith has been starting. So Obi is averaging twenty three points per game or twenty three minutes per game, and Jalen Smith is averaging seventeen minutes a game. And they both play the power forward, and so okay, now you bring in Pascal Siakam. Also power forward forward (laughs) with a little more offensive ability, I would should say, than the other two. They're all different kinds of power forwards. I think you look at Jalen Smith and you think a little more traditional inside post play. Obi Toppin's more your run and gun and transition kind of power forward. And Siakam's kind of your new age 
can kind of play multiple positions, needs the ball in his hands, kind of in that mid-range to post-game kind of power forward. So there are different kinds of players. I'm not. I, it'll be interesting to see how Siakam's ability and the way he plays suits Indiana, because especially when Tyrese Halliburton's in, and obviously Tyrese Halliburton has a growing strain out for a couple weeks there. The highest scoring team in the league, they play fast in transition, they shoot a lot. And I feel like Siakam's more slow it down kind of player. He really is. He's spinning for a reason. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's a slow man's move. Yeah. Uh, and so it's, I think we're done with it. I think the Pacers made a mistake. I understand going from depth. And but... he gave up three first round picks. Oh, man. This is a young team. This is a pretty young team. So I'm... And you could only and you and yeah, I mean, you could say you know the draft this upcoming year isn't isn't the best, but like you take a player who's a little older, who's who doesn't who, in our opinions clearly doesn't necessarily fit the style of game that you play unless they're gonna want to slow it down that much. I don't know why. It it was just I don't necessarily love it, especially for the Pacers giving up three first round picks. You gave up kind of a glue guy in Bruce Brown. Yeah, you just paid him twenty two million. I guess that's and they want to they want they want to extend him too. It sounds like so. I don't know. I I I have to ask a Pacers fan what they think about it, Um, but I don't know any. (laughs) But you know it. It's interesting. I don't. I don't necessarily know if if that was the the move for them, but well, they wanted to, I think, secure themselves for a playoff push this year, just as Indiana usually does. They're never ones to uh, shy away from making uh, making it through to the playoffs. Yeah. They're not a tanking team. Um, almost feels like they panicked. They're like Tyrese Halliburton's out for a couple weeks. What are we gonna do? Which they've been, they also do a mid-season been, move most years. They've like, been that's how they got Tyrese. True, true. They're not unheard of to do so, but it's, I think, also shedding some of those contracts that they maybe needed to free up some space. They've got space for Pascal now. I don't know if I would pay him, but they, especially, I don't know what his age is. Do you know how old he is? I do not. But the report is that they, um, that they are interested in keeping him long-term, so... Well, we should always report that, even if it's not true. Let's see. Pascal Siakam. He's 29. 29. So, I guess if you gave a four-year contract, you should, that would take him through the end of his prime. Three-year player, fourth-year team option, maybe, for extra money. I don't know. We'll see. It's uh, yeah. They're sitting twenty-four and seventeen, seventh in the East. They're seven and three in their last ten. Um, so I mean, they're they're right there. There's just kind of a big group there from, frankly, two down to eight. The win difference is twenty-eight to twenty-two. So there's a big group here fighting for that. That really two to two to eight spot uh, on the magic of kind of their three in their last seven kind of hit kind of come back down to earth after their hot start. And then you got the usual players um, up at the top: Boston, Milwaukee, Philadelphia. The New York Knicks and the Heat are doing their thing. 
The Cleveland Cavaliers, we were kind of talking about this earlier, 8-2 and two in their last 10 on a six-game win streak, doing more than just treading water since the Darius Garland and um, Evan Mobley injuries. I think we thought at the time, we were like, oh boy. Yeah. Was definitely but not expecting this. Donovan Mitchell is doing his best Utah impression with Jared <laughs> Allen instead of Rudy Gobert right now. Yeah, and he's, he's experienced with a big man. They're making it work, and Cleveland's, they're just finding some some guys are just showing up for them. I think, like, Sam Merle dropped back-to-back 30-point games, shooting, like, 70% he's from three. On fire. And then Bang Bang Niang just had a 33-point game. Yeah, you're, you're, getting, you're, you're getting some crazy performances from the back end of this <laughs> roster. Um, obviously, you got Max Drew still doing his thing. Levert step it and do a little bigger role with with uh, with Garland out, but I'm thoroughly surprised that Cleveland has been able to hold serve given these now? injuries. They are Six. currently, I think they're fourth in the East. Let's see, yeah, fourth in the East, twenty four and fifteen. So. Thoroughly surprised by their their ability to do that, um, which is great. Great, yeah. great for them. I mean, it's they need to use the time to, I think, add this to their offense, their repertoire. So when Garland and Mobley come back, they can maybe use this kind of lineup, these lineups as as uh, switch ups, and hopefully expand their their toolbox uh, when it comes to playoff time because they got taken to the woodshed by the Knicks last year. And got to say, it was pretty embarrassing. And hopefully, if they do make it back this year, they don't, they don't repeat that kind of performance. Yeah. yeah. And you got to hope that in the Cavs, it gives Mitchell a reason to stay. At this point, you want to look like the most attractive team to Donovan Mitchell because he is a free agent this year. Isn't that right? I think he is. No, he's got, I think, one more year. One more year. Regardless, you need to, you know, usually one year left on the deal, you know, pe- you know, people start looking for that extension. So you got to hope that you become a place that Donovan Mitchell wants to stay, wants to play. If not, then the Cavs seriously need to think about if there's really, they really don't think that they can, that they can sign him in free agency or give him a, an extension before his deal's up, then you have to think about moving him at this point. You gave up so much to get him. You can't afford to get nothing in return and have an empty year where you got blown out of the playoffs because that's all they have to show for right now. Well, no, he still has uh, two years. So for the 23-24 season, which is this season, uh, he's under contract for $32.6 million. Then next season, he's under contract for $34.8 million, and then he has a player option. Okay, so, 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 it's, let's just, so he's got this year and we'll say next year. He will so most likely not pick up that option to and, re-sign and, him before that and mo- Yeah, and most don't because they get more. Right. So, yeah, so let's say next season they need to look at extending him. And if he if he's really thinking that he doesn't want to get out of doesn't want to stay, then you got to try to get a haul. Get as much as you can. He, oh, shoot, how old is he? He's 27 right now. He'll be 28. So you're right in his prime. Right. Right He's he's really good. He's really good. That 
he is. Somebody I want to talk about would be yeah. the uh, Oklahoma City Thunder. Can we talk about them? If you would like. I would 28 like. 28 and 13, the two seed in the West right now, That's only right. behind Minnesota. They figured shit out up there in the North as well. They did, they did, but uh, I'm just so proud of this team. They've got, they're so, so deep. Uh, I don't think the coach gets enough credit, uh, but he is uh, Mark Dagnall. Um, but Shea is putting on his MP- MVP performance, and he's like 31, 32 points per game average. Yeah, what's what are the odds on that? Uh, I secured those odds much earlier in the year. Uh, very, very good. They're not that great. Th- at this I was time. about to say, I wonder who the leading. I mean, <laughs> you're going to have the usual suspects, Giannis, Jokic, Embiid, since we've had like Actually, like Giannis, six, no. Six straight it's, big men. It's Embiid and Jokic. It's Embiid and Jokic. And Shea are the top and three. Shea. Uh, they've been fluctuating. It's been Jokic, Embiid, and then Shea. I think his, I don't think he's been the favorite yet, but uh, he's he's closer to like plus two, plus three, plus four sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think I've seen him at plus four hundred for a little while though. Anyway, uh, he is joined by sophomore Jalen Williams, who is unbelievable. His his growth as a power forward is is he's averaging. 20-some points, 21 points a game. Uh, he can di- dish the ball. His assist numbers are great. His assist turnovers are awesome. He is just a thick dude. Oh, I, did I forget about uh, Chet Holmgren? So, so, so is the ideal scenario for the OKC here to take home MVP, most improved, and rookie? Uh, I think so. I think so. Who would – well, which most improved usually doesn't go to a sophomore, which will be unfortunate. Usually, but, but I mean – Especially with – with some of the performances we've seen from guys like Tyrese Halliburton this year, uh, Manuel quickly again, but he didn't get it last year, so we'll see. Yeah, I don't know. I, outside of Halliburton, I'm not sure. I'm trying to think of who you could possibly give it to. I mean, you could say that. Yeah, I mean, I, just, I don't think Anthony Edwards has been better, but I don't. Oh, think that's right, and Edwards probably him. He he's probably got a case as well, but. Um, that that'd be one heck of a heck of a sweep there at the. I mean, could you get a coach of the year too? Uh, you probably could coach throw a little coach of the year action in there and then throw in, uh, you know, GM of the year with Sam Presti again. GM, who's their six man? Who could get six man of the year? Anybody? Uh, anybody beating Jordan Clarkson out of that this year? <laughs> well, right now, uh, Kaysom Wallace is actually awesome. He is so good off the bench. Like he's a six man and he is killing that role. He's a great defender. He uh, he gets a couple of steals a game. He's he's awesome. So Thunder, pick a, another good one, another good role player. They they may make a move for a big guy, big guy like a thick guy, but I don't honestly I don't think they need to in my mind. But I think they ride with what they have. They have a huge amount of picks still, a shitload of first rounders still. So if they wanted to make that move, they could. They're in no rush, and. Yeah, it's uh, just fun to watch. Do the, do the are the Clippers regretting that trade? Obviously, you got PG in it, but I don't know, man. I don't know. They you asked him about it. You don't know. That's they asked him. He said, "Obviously, with a lot of guys, a lot of lot of lot of trust in me, they gave up a lot for me. Yeah. But uh, we knew he was that good." We didn't know he was this, or, but we didn't know 
didn't know. know he was this good. Right. <laughs> we knew he was good. We didn't know he was this good. Um, yeah. Didn't know he was a top five point guard in the league right now. I mean, I, I, it, I think it, without question, he's a top five point guard in the league right now. Um, I would, I would, I, my top five right now would probably be SGA. The way they're playing right now. Probably SGA, Halliburton, Donovan Mitchell. I'll put Steph Curry in there. I gotta, I gotta stop you and put Steph Curry up there. Still? Above Donovan, as much as I hate to say I'm not, I'm this, this isn't, this isn't one to five. This is just in general. Okay, okay. In general. I mean, is he having that good a year? The Warriors as a whole aren't. They're not, but he's putting so much weight on his shoulders to try to keep that, that team afloat. And I, I just put in a little, uh, I'll say <clears throat> that's more of just from, from history, from what he's done. So you're right. This season, he may not be in that top three, four spot, but for for certain periods, he has been the best. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I mean, every you know, third Steph- game, he's still going to do what Steph Curry does, which is like drop 40 and make eight threes and just make you just be so frustrated a, with how he continued to make those shots. This season, unfortunately, he has had a few games. He broke his streak of hitting a three-pointer in every game. Yes, I did see that. He's got a restart. Zeros. Restart. And God, that thing was like in the 200s, wasn't it? It was up there. It was many, many, it many games. It was up there. But, uh, we'll see. It's getting uh, almost midway through the season now. Yeah, all-star uh, voting is open. Um, so the usual suspects are up at the top. Looks like another, uh, LeBron v. Giannis drafting year. See first, Giannis first in the East again. Mm-hmm. And it's that fan vote, man. It really is. Although, I mean, LeBron, there's a little longevity. Yeah, well, I mean, as long as LeBron's in the league, he's going to be, he's going to be voted for <laughs> to be the uh, the all-star captain, as long as he's available to be an all-star. It's getting a little closer. Jokic is only 600,000 behind. Well, I mean, you know that, you just, you know, you ask Serbia to log onto their computers and they'll get there. They, they, they'll cover that gap if they haven't already. Um, but no, it's, it's, yeah, about halfway through the season. I would say, I'm looking at everything halfway through the season. I'm going to give, I'm going to give you my Biggest disappointments here and biggest surprises. Uh, biggest surprises for me have got to be the Thunder and the Timberwolves being where they're at, really making that step. The Pelicans, 5 seed, 25 and 17, maybe finally starting to figure that that ship out down there. Zion staying a little more healthy this year for once. It's amazing. Um, Grizzlies, obviously, a disappointment. Um, as we kind of said, Ja was out, and then he came back, and they like won their first five games in a row, and then now he's out for the season with like a shoulder injury. So, yeah. and that's on top of the Desmond Bain injury. I mean, the only player who's like part of their core rotation who's healthy right now is Jaron Jackson Jr. He's he's a so it's a throwaway year from them. Um, I mean, you can't really say your your disappointments are like the Pistons or the Wizards, because we kind of they'd be bad. Not this bad. This is a story, true. man. This is true. The Wizards are giving me... You would think that... I'm sorry. The Pistons are so bad, and yet the Wizards are only like three games ahead of them. The Spurs, too. 
And the Blazers. Blazers at least have 10 wins, but my God, this is embarrassing. I think it's the most embarrassing for the Wizards because the Pistons are like, okay, you got a lot of young draft picks. The Blazers are like, okay, you gave away Dame, you gave away McCollum, you've got a, a bunch of young young picks. The Spurs are, are a young... The Spurs are also excusable as well because they have one Benyama and they not get him a calling card. I hate to be that same guy who's been Well, there, this, there were rumors that they, they wanted crap. to get DeJounte Murray back from Atlanta. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. which wouldn't be a good look for them because... I mean, actually, it probably would because like, they got oh, two picks. Shit, we messed up. They got uh, two picks for him. Yeah. How much? How much do we have to give up to get him back? That's the question. And who? Uh, I, I don't. I don't know. You could do like a Kelvin Johnson. Yeah, I think they they'd be willing to part from. They paid him, so they probably don't want to trade him. I I'd be probably more partial keeping Vassell just because uh, he's a better shooter. Um, but. I mean, they're, they're intent on making Jamie Sohan the point guard. <laughs> it's not a point guard. No, he's a 3 and D player. With a, I don't even know if he has a 3, but he was just a really good defender in college. Which is typical of the of the Baylor players. Um, the Jazz made that little run. They were stinking it up and then won like 10 of their like next 12 games or something like that. So they're back to being... Respectable. They're swinging. Like, First uh, now they're getting beat up by the uh, good old Oklahoma City Thunder. <laughs> Putting them back. But I think there's a bunch of players sitting, too. I think Colin Sexton's starting for them right now. Who's their normal point guard, then? Uh, what's the guy's name? Oh, no, that might be. Is it? Jordan Clarkson still comes off the bench, so uh, I guess that's their starting point guard. I thought it was the new guy. They, uh, uh, J- oh, County George. Mm-hmm. He's been doing pretty well for a uh, for rookie. So, it's, uh, they've got they've got a dangerous team looming, but um, I don't know. It's not anything too worried worrisome right now. They're Lori Markinen led. What uh, what do you think of the Suns? So obviously they've had. They've only played like two games with Bradley Beal, Durant, and Booker all on the court at the same time because they've been that injured. Um, but I think what I predicted is kind of coming true. Their lack of depth is hurting them because especially when one of those guys is out and obviously Bradley Beal isn't what he was four years ago. Right. Um, they're struggling a little bit. Um, they're sitting at 22 and 18 are the eighth seed in the West. Um, I not. I'm gonna say they they thought they'd be a top three seed. With how much effort they or how much they put into their their roster, uh, asset wise, yeah, the, you, you're paying a top two, top three, uh, level team with that kind of money and and no future picks. So having the injuries that they've had albeit expected, is still pretty disappointing. Um, however, it's it's now that they're playing together, uh, must see TV. I, I, I do like their uh, <laughs> their their Devin Booker development into a, a point guard. Um, unfortunately, the, uh, what's the guy's name? Yusuf Nurkic is not as I mean, he had a stint for a little bit that he we thought, oh, maybe we're wrong, but no, he's he's still he's still Nurkic, still Nurkic, nothing crazy, um, nothing crazy. Uh, it's 
probably not going to be this year that they go deep in the playoffs. If I had to guess, it would be next year. But then again, we'll see. I don't know. What do you think? KD's still KD, but he still hits not. I don't know. I think, as we said, kind of the top of the show, it's just so hard to stay at the top and to get back there. Kind of energy. And I don't know if the Suns missed their window. Already? I mean, they just went. They just opened the window. They just like. <laughs> I mean, it was that fast. The league, the leagues. There's more parity at the top. You know, where this isn't the the 2010 era where it's just LeBron v whoever. True. And and the Warriors v whoever LeBron's on. You know, it's. Although they have a top heavier team, depth is where it all lies because you can you got to play with at least five guys on the floor. Right. It's I it, I don't you know, it's I'm not going to say, I you know, I don't I mean, they, they definitely obviously they're in the finals. Right. They're in the finals. They're up two one in the finals. That was there's your best shot. Um, and yet and you can do it in that. So close. That sucks. But. I don't know. It is. It's kind of crazy. We uh, we got the, the trade deadline this is February 8th. So coming up with about two weeks here. Any predictions on teams who are going to make a move, players who are going to get moved, anyone you're looking at you think should make a move? Or Obviously, we've seen a couple here with the Raptors getting involved. Um, we kind of talked about how the Lakers might be interested in making some moves, but is there anyone that you kind of see in that like middling position who might be looking to make a move? I heard oh, like uh, the Mavericks we, might, be, might try to do something. We forgot to mention there was a trade that uh, Detroit traded Marvin Bagley to uh, to Washington. Wow. For, bad uh, for bad? Well, Marvin Bagley attached with a second-round pick to, uh, to Washington for, for cash. <laughs> uh, it might have been cash considerations, or it might have been... And he dropped like 30 his first game in Washington, though. He did. He did. I forget who it was, but it was basically a money move for, uh, for Detroit. For Detroit. <laughs> yeah. well... uh, other than those, those little kind of trades... I would expect to see um, some kind of movement out of, uh, who is it? Um, the Heat, they've been awfully quiet. I've I heard their name attached to a few few, uh, few teams, a few trade offers, but uh, nothing substantial. We're going to see what their uh, starting five is able to do together, or we're going to see them break it up. But Hamid uh, Hakez Jr. has been good since uh, since coming in. I was um, I looked at the most minutes played. I saw like a graphic that had the most minutes played per rookies or whatever, and it is out like incredible how many more minutes he plays than everybody else. It's it's more than. Then your boy Chad Algram, it's significantly more it's than Victor Webinyama. He, and I, I think I said this when I drafted him, he's a Heat-style player. He's got that culture in him. He's a Heat-style player. And that was a great pickup for them, and he's been playing well. That's a good, good pickup for the Heat there. Wow, is it like 22 or something? What? Like, is, the pick? Yeah, it was late for sure. <laughs> it was classic. Classic Heat. Classic. Let's see. Yeah, class. It wasn't early, and he was a good player in college. He was on the Naismith 
player of the year um, watch list for most of the year. Um, yeah, he's averaging 30 minutes a game as a rookie. Um, so, and that's both off the coming off the bench and playing in the starting lineup because the Heat have dealt with some injuries as well. I mean, who hasn't? But yeah, name of the game. Um, no, but to answer your question again, I don't. Uh, the Hawks—they've been trying to make a move for Dejounte Murray, and uh, yeah, I, I don't see. I, they are intent on sticking with Trey, and that's fine. I guess he's—they just don't he's want to be wrong. He's got talent. They don't—they they don't want to be wrong. They—they yeah. they can't admit that they should have should have drafted Luca. Um, yeah, it, you think Siakam's the biggest name that gets moved? Yeah, yeah, probably. Yeah, would, would Dejounte Murray be a Ooh. bigger name? What if, or depending on the team, throw, throw this one out. Somebody, the uh, the Bucks try to trade Chris Middleton, make a move. I could see that. I wonder. They need some wing help. They need some defensive help. Yeah, yeah. They, what if they trade Dejounte? Does he work with Dame? Does he work with Trey? No, but that's the issue. I feel like Dame and Trey <laughs> are similar players. Who, 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 who's the? Uh, it's Damon. Who else? Who's the the, guard, the shooting guard? Uh, Beasley. Malik Beasley. I don't know if he's the no. starter, but he's there. Oh, you're right. Uh, campaign. Cam. Yeah, Pain. Damon yeah. Beasley. They would need some. Beasley is. Let's see. Beasley's the starter. Beasley's the starting two. Yeah, they could use some help. Beasley's not a defender. So Dejounte is an upgrade from that. <laughs> That'd be interesting. Yeah, maybe. I mean, I, I, they're probably, probably my worry would be is that I feel like they're very, there's similarities to Trey and Dane's games. Um, and that I don't think the, the Trey Young and DeJounte Murray pairing has been the best pairing in the world. I think, I think. It's hard to play with Trey. He's hard. Yeah. And I, and I don't and I, I think well Trey I think is a little more selfish than Damian Lillard. I just I think there there are similarities in their game to the point that I'm not sure if that would be your ideal matchup because Dejounte Murray's not like a Clay Thompson shooting guard. You know he he was a point guard in college. He was a point guard with the Spurs, and now he comes to a team where he's not the point guard. And you're kind of having to stagger Trey Young and Dejounte Murray's minutes. Yeah, you start both of them, but then you, should, you end up staggering them by the second quarter. So it could work, but I think be, everything has to line up so perfectly for it to work. It's it's just not as easy as it needs to be. So I expect the Hawks to make some moves. Maybe the no, they're. The Grizzlies. I mean, there's no point. I mean, they, all their good, all their players are just hurt. So I guess they could try to just see what developmental players they have. We'll see. This, this it. That's a tough season for them, man. That's tough. Yeah, for the Grizzlies. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh my god. It's a throwaway. <clears throat> it's a throwaway in a year that's not that great of a draft. It sounds like. There's well, no... that's what everyone says, but I don't think anyone knows anything about anything. So yeah. <laughs> we'll see. Uh, I'm always skeptical. Uh, two year, uh, the 2020 draft was supposed to be pretty dull, and there's there's a bunch of good players in that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you never know. I mean, and that's 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 the draft. 
you know, you're, you're drafting an unknown, you're drafting a prospect, you're drafting a question mark. Sure, we've seen their college tape, we've seen their tape from leagues in Europe, but you still don't know. Yeah. It's the transition to the professional level is different. You know, I mean, it's evident in every sport, you know, football, you just, you just don't know. And you look at baseball, like these kids get, these kids get drafted and they spend five seasons in a farm league <laughs> before you all of a sudden realize who the hell they are. Like very rarely do you see an, an MLB prospect get drafted and like they're there game one opening day. No, they're playing for the Louisville sluggers for, Six years. They're lucky to get to the sluggers that early. They got that's yeah. Uh, that's you play the dragons first, yeah. <laughs> then the sluggers, and then you get Elliot Ellie Cruz to the Reds eventually. They eventually, but then it makes for a pretty sweet call with an awesome bobblehead night on your uh, your favorite AAA ball team, <laughs> right? Right. So, yeah, it, it'll it'll be interesting. Uh, we'll we'll see what happens coming up to the trade deadline. Then we got the All Star break, and we'll definitely be hitting hitting you guys up back uh, when the All Star selections are made. Probably be the uh, the typical cast with uh, a couple new people, I think. Maybe. A few. We'll see. It's going to be, uh, I, I think, a couple. There's a chance there may be a few rookies. There's a chance. Could be yeah. a Chet Holmgren here. Could be. Could be. Might just miss it, though. See if anybody gets, quote, unquote, hurt. Yeah. That time frame, too, so we'll get some uh, injury replacements. Getting that token push, all-star. Push Mike, that Mike Conley. Mike Conley. Token all-star. <laughs> he deserves. He did though. He did. He, did. he, he did. He held down a more uh Grizzlies team for long enough. Well, I got nothing else. That's it for me, man. Until next time. Peace.